what do you think are some of the hurdles or challenges that other physical collectors or yeah, like your Star Wars buddies um, are facing when they want to try out VV? Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of people. Some people just don't want to, you know, believe that digital is the future, you know. And I always try to tell people, I kind of explain it like this. It's a little different, but, you know, I'm a little older. So, you know, I was always a music guy. So I was a CD guy, had millions of CDs, you know, a huge CD collection. And when the digital music came out, I still would not buy digital music. I wanted that physical CD, you know, and then 10 years after that was in, I didn't own one CD and I had a digital library full of music. So, I, you know, I kind of think BB's going to be the same way. I mean, you're never going to get rid of physical toys, obviously, but, you know, depending on how far the AR and everything goes, you know, you take your kids on a trip and they got a thousand toys on their phone, you know, that they could play with an AR or whatnot. And, mm. You know, that's, you know, it's going to be a big deal. I believe that. So that's part of the reason why I'm still here. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the VV Vintage Podcast. We are so glad to have you here. Our guest today is the 13 biggest whales on VV with over 7,000 athletes and so many fantastic specimens, such as Manny Mint's 41 Star Wars posters, Darth Vader, the whole set with mint 300, 400, 500, Kylo Ren lightsaber, first public mint 41, Yoda lightsaber at a year, mint 1980, Luke Skywalker lightsaber, mint 77, Ashoka Tano lightsaber, mint 1977, and all but five secret rare comics on the app, and again, the other 7,000 athletes as well. That's how you know this is gonna be a great conversation. Our guest today, Herschel or Robert, I think is the real definition of collector heart. And he has so many incredible stories of how he was able to collect this specimen, his love for Star Wars, insight, stories, mistakes, lessons, everything. We guarantee you will enjoy this interview. Let's get to it. Robert, uh, welcome to the uh, VV Vantage podcast. We are super excited to have you here today. And so I know that you are a huge collector on the app. I think you are number 13 in terms of the, the biggest whale. So uh, super excited to be learning from you. And um, I know you have a uh, you have some uh, Star Wars uh, collectible in your background and you have some really nice Star Wars artwork and, and posters. Um, so super excited to to be talking about that as well. My first question for you is, how did you get started with Vivi? Tell us a little bit about your VV story. Well, it's uh, it's kind of funny. Well, Mr. V, I think he knows uh, one of the guys that works for me, Austin K Collections, and uh, he was coming to work, you know, every day. Check this out, you know. Look at this. I bought this, and now it's worth two thousand dollars. You got to get in. You got to get in. And you know, I was pretty skeptical, and then I finally joined, and you know, just started from there. Of course, right in the all-time highs to boot. So. You know, it was yeah. pretty interesting. So I know that you joined January 17th, 2022. That was a, a very wild time uh, in, in VV history because prices were all time high. How was that experience for, for, for you as a brand new user coming in, seeing price skyrocketed and then went all the way down a few months uh, later? 
Well, originally I was pretty skeptical. You know, I came in and when I first joined, I wouldn't spend a lot of hardly any money. You know, I would go for drops and back then you could never get a drop. So, you know, and then, you know, you seen the Waltz for 40,000, the Spider-Mans for whatever they were, a hundred thousand dollars. And I used to tell Austin, I said, there's no way that anybody's going to buy that stuff for that kind of money, you know, just spend thousands of dollars on these things. And, you know, and it, it took me a while. I really didn't even start buying for probably a good month or two. You know, I bought, a, you know, something at floor here and there, just the, you know, whatever random in at floor. And, you know, it took me a while to kind of get into it a little bit. And, you know, then prices started coming down, I, whatever it was, a month or two later. And all of a sudden, you know, well, God, Walt's starting to come down. You know, maybe I should start thinking about getting one of those or you know, everything just that was out of reach before, you know, started coming down. And so I kind of just started buying a little bit and I still didn't get too crazy at that point. But, you know, I started buying a little bit more and more. So and then I, I've evolved so much on my journey, too. I mean, I'm still learning every day like everybody. But, you know, I like I said, I would buy floor things and then it turned into buying three digits you know, and then that turned into buying two digits, you know, and then it's like, well, you know, FA years and matching sets. And, you know, it took a while to evolve for that. So but it's, it's been fun. I love it. Actually. I really love BB. Well, um, so <clears throat> you were saying that you were easing into it um, as you were getting started. Was there something that, well, I mean, may maybe it's a little obvious um, given the, the, the cool collectibles that you have in the background, there but um what what caught your eye as you got started and what what did you start cherry picking let's say a, a, as you started easing into the market you know a lot of it too was like the animated collectibles you know i started seeing some of the animated ones it's like god those are just cool you know and you start doing them in ar and it's like wow these are actually really cool you know and mm -hmm. you know and then darth vader came along which i'm a huge star wars guy and i kind of kind of really started setting things off you know so darth vader that star wars drop that was some wild times right there so i'm sure you guys know that <laughs> yeah that, that was it started off around like 700 dipped down to like 500 and then it just took off right to like yeah. 2000 and what was that high like all-time high like 4000 plus yeah yeah that was wild um but you know with with being able to see that and experience it I think all of us were able to benefit in some form or fashion, you know, whether we actually got involved or just to be able to witness it too, you know, um, just to, just to see like how, so, like just a little bit of hype could do, could, could make the floors just like go off and, and, you know, even at times be out of reach for, you know, just right. Like how can I gently put it just like regular people, you know, like who, who are just kind of putting in a couple hundred dollars here or there, you know, trying to, trying to piece together a nice collection. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind of what set it off for me too. Cause I mean, even to this day, I mean, I really don't sell a lot of stuff, but to this day, probably the Darth Vader UR was probably my best flip ever on the app still. So you know, oh, I, I, I bought two on drop day. I think I paid 1500 and 2000 for them. And then the very next day, I sold one for like thirty six hundred bucks, you know. And at that hey. point, 
I'm like, wow. You know, like, Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Hey, um, so, all right. So with that being your introduction, um, as you were getting going, you know, piecing together your collection, did were there any accounts like uh, collectors that caught your attention? And, you know, were you thinking more along the lines of, hey, I'd like to kind of model something like what this person is doing or what these people are doing? Or was it more of just like you were just kind of like piecing together and just kind of figuring it out on your own and taking your time and and you and, and do it your way? Well, one of the big ones actually is I'm sure everybody knows who his account is, is Clever Jerk. You know, I started seeing his profile and some of the things he had. And he's a big Star Wars guy, too. So it's like, wow, you know, and he was pretty much a pretty, pretty big inspiration for how I kind of took off on collecting, you know, just some of the mid numbers he was getting. I would never think of stuff like that, you know, and it just kind of took off from there. So but even to this day, I think he's still got one of the favorite my favorite collections on the entire app. So, and you know, I know there's Dr. Profit and guys that have massive amounts but just for mint numbers his collection is incredible yeah yeah that's for sure um i remember as i was getting started i was just trying to like ask a, a whole bunch of different people their opinions get as much different insight as i could and you know youtube was pretty much the 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 way that i learned how to go for a drop how to try and go for a rebound even though i to this day I've yet to get a, re- a single rebound. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I spoke with Doc, I messaged with Dr. Prophet and he was, <laughs> I, I asked him like, all right, what, what would you, what advice could you give me? Like, what, what, what do you think? And he, and he was telling me that he's so busy with his, uh, like, you know, in real life business or what have you. And, he did not have the time to think he was just going purely for volume and securing like the lowest couple of mints that he could for each drop. And then he'd be, and then he'd just go on about his day. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah. like I asked him if he had any mints in his collection and he would say, I don't have time for that. Like, because he has just so much, so much of each collectible, he said it'd take too long or his app would not um, fully function. So, you know, um, there are some people um, such as Clever Jerk who are kind enough to give, you know, some thoughtful feedback. And that's kind of what, you, you know, like someone like myself or, you know, any anybody who wants to start collecting would hope for. You know, having that positive experience and having some meaningful feedback. So, so you were saying that um, you 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 saw Clever's profile, and that's yeah. something that you wanted to to model. So, how did you how did you go about that? So, how how did you go about making it your 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 own or putting it putting your own spin on it with your collecting? Well, I kind of, you know, I mean, obviously it was things I liked, obviously, you know, and I mean, you know, with the Star Wars stuff, you know, obviously special mints, you know, FA years are the way to go. But you, as you know, they're, they're not cheap to obtain <laughs> everyone. So, 
So, you know, I started getting, you know, some, my clean mints, you know, Will, you said you seen my profile, you know, so like the 100s, 200s, 300s, you know, I started kind of just going for those and kind of started liking the, you know, the consecutive, you know, like 100, 200, 300, 400, you know, kind of going that way just to kind of keep things in perspective without spending, you know, $10,000 a week on draw or, you know, the secondary market, and, you know, and then once you start collecting certain mints and i'm sure you know mr v people kind of find out what you collect and they try to go get those mints and they're trying to charge you an arm and a leg for them. <laughs> you know that <laughs> so you know yeah so uh robert i know that you started in uh january 2022 and so it's been a year and a half now for you but in that relatively short amount of time you have accumulated over 7,000 NFTs, which is a very substantial amount. Why did you commit a lot of capital and time and, and effort into VV um, back then and until today? Well, I kind of just started, you know, I was going into collectibles and then, you know, all the MCP talks started coming around and the market started dipping and dipping. You know, it seemed like everything I would buy, it would just go down and go down and go down. So, I started going after uh, secret rare comics because I started figuring, you know, they're they're scarce, you know, 600 max on the highest ones. So I started collecting as many secret rare comics as I could, you know, just for MCP. And then that kind of just turned into going after comic sets at that point. So, you know, and, and then stacking, you know, stacking a lot of commons, uncommons, that kind of thing, too. But I do eventually, one of my goals in this app is to own every secret rare comic on the app. I'm not quite there, but that, that's one of the, the goals I do have in this. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we just had a, a, the Star Wars month. Uh, you are a huge Star Wars fan. What do you think about the way Vivi handled this IP in particular? Are you happy with the drops? Are you happy with how they gradually introduce different characters every year. So for example, we had Darth Vader last year, we have um, uh, a few more in between. And now for, for this year, 2023, for Star Wars month, we have Luke. Um, as a Star Wars fan, what are your thoughts on how VV handle Star Wars IP? I'm actually okay with it. You know, obviously Yoda was one that I would have really liked to have seen, but you know, again, I would rather wait and, you know, let them roll them out over time than to just roll out every single main character within a short period of time as well, you know. So, I mean, I've been happy. I mean, the posters get a little bit too much, I think, for me, but, I mean, I mm -hmm. still buy them because they're Star Wars, but, you know, I mean, and I'm okay with the, the off-brand characters, you know. They make them scarce, which is nice, so... You know, as a Star Wars collector, the scarcity is always nice to, to have in your collection as well. So. Yeah, that is something that I... So I have one thought and one follow-up question. Last uh, recording, I and Mr. V discussed the fact that VV is gradually running out of really good, like, Grail FAs to drop. For example, like, you, you, you just mentioned that you hope they would, like, space out these uh, really good characters just so that, well, in my opinion, so that we have good material for marketing in 2024 and 2025, right? Because when folks come in in the future, 
we need something to pull them in. So maybe, you know, Yoda or maybe like, yeah, Yoda in 2024 or something like that. Something that has that gravity will be very helpful. And so I was a little bit concerned that we have already introduced so many great FAs that, that took the licenses almost a century to develop like Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, um, Darth Vader. I was more like worrying that we may not have that, that uh, content library that is good enough to market the app to more people. Robert, uh, so it's, it looks like you also collect physical collectibles, right? Like your Star Wars tattoo. Um, what do you think are some of the hurdles or challenges that other physical collectors or yeah, like your Star Wars buddies um, are facing when they want to try out VV? Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of people. Some people just don't want to, you know, believe that digital is the future, you know, and I always try to tell people, I kind of explain it like this. It's a little different, but you know, I'm a little older. So, you know, I was always a music guy. So I was a CD guy, had millions of CDs, you know, a huge CD collection. And when the digital music came out, I still would not buy digital music. I wanted that physical CD, you know, and then 10 years after that was in, I didn't own one CD and I had a digital library full of music. So, you know, I kind of think Vivi's going to be the same way. I mean, you're never going to get rid of physical toys, obviously, but, you know, depending on how far the AR and everything goes, you know, you take your kids on a trip and they got a thousand toys on their phone, you know, that they could play with an AR or whatnot. And, mm. You know, that's, you know, it's going to be a big deal. I believe that. So that's part of the reason why I'm still here. So. Yeah. Do you think there is a way for the company to do better marketing to onboard your friends, for example, or do you think it's, this is going to be a gradual trend that they will adopt eventually? Like your example, of you going from collecting CDs to listening to music digitally? I just think over time, it's going to translate to that. You know what I mean? I'm not sure, you know, everybody talks about, you know, they need to market, they need to market, but I'm not quite sure that they're ready for mass adoption at this point still, you know, and there's still a lot of, you know, just issues with the app that they need to get cleared up. You know, you don't want a million, two million new users coming in and getting locked out every day or, you know, the apps lagging on them and, you know, just little things like that. So, I mean, you just got to be patient. It's going to take a while. I mean, it's still pretty new. I mean, when did they start? I believe it was 2020 when they came around. I mean, you know, we're only three years into this, so. I believe over time, you know, other people are going to see the way and when they're ready, they start marketing, I think that'll really start to take off. What was that turning point for you going from CD to uh, like Spotify or iTunes and stuff? Was there like, was there a, an event in particular or it was super gradual? You, did you run out of space in your home to store CDs? What was that event that got you from going to, from going from, um, CDs to digital music? Probably more so just the, the convenience, you know, because, you know, you walk around with this big CD player with headphones and, you know, you get eight songs on there and they come out with this little, you know, little 
you know, iPod or something that holds a thousand songs. You know, I mean, it's just, it's really convenient. And, you know, you could just mass stack the songs versus having, you know, 30 CDs in your backpack or whatever. So, and I mean, I think these digital collectibles will end up being the same. Yeah. I love that example because, I mean, like, if you have so many toys in your home, right, or so many these uh, physical collectibles, you will run out of space eventually. Or if you have, if you have kids like Mr. V, he, he'll probably have to dedicate a room in his house for the baby. Um, and then like space around the house as well. I love that example. Yeah. And let's face it. I mean, the, the new generation of kids, they all have phones, you know, they're always on their phones. So, you know, it's just something else that they'll be able to mess around with when they're, when they're playing on them. Something that I, I like to, to ask around is in terms of collectible industries, um, maybe I'm not sure if you're familiar with like coins and old notes, statues of characters that have, you know, that have a serial number 10 out of five, number 10 out of 500 editions or things like that. Have you, do you have any exposure to any of those sort of things? Have you dabbled in any, anything like that before? I haven't too much on that, but since I've been in VV, I've actually looked into some of those. And I mean, obviously a lot of us VV makes you start looking in different directions. You know, I haven't bought any comic books since I was a kid. And I, you know, in the last month or so, I've bought a bunch of slab comics and I was looking into the Steve Pugh. Uh, Harley Quinn statue, you know, obviously that's one of my favorite pieces on the app as well. So I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but you know, things like that. But, and as far as coins and stuff, I, I don't really collect a lot of coins. You know, I, I like to dabble in some gold and silver, but it's just bars, you know, things like that, but not too much in the coins. And I save a lot of change, you know, I've been saving change for. 10 years so i mean i mean there might be some valuable coins in there somewhere but but i i don't go after and try to buy any so all right cool yeah because i, I was just curious since there there are some things that involve numbers as well you know like serial numbers and my my background uh, i don't have any experience per se in, in anything like that nor have i ever collected anything with serial numbers but, you know, one of my best friends from college, he he dealt with old notes. And because just because I hung around him so much and, you know, we we're close, he shared with me a little bit of what his experience was dealing with serial numbers on on money, on money. Right. Yeah. And that there are some big time collectors from all around the world, some NFL coaches that he's personally flying out to dropping off these old notes with special serial numbers on them. And, you know, one of the, the, the things that kind of got me going with the whole idea of focusing on serial numbers stemmed from that, you know? So it's, it's just really interesting to see where people get these ideas from to, you know, start collecting in a certain way, you know, those yeah. patterns or, or what, or, you know, anything along that, along those lines. So, yeah, serial numbers, they could probably translate into any, you know, anything that's numbered in a collectible, obviously, that's, it's always going to translate somehow or another. And I, I'm not too familiar with the, you know, the serial numbers and money. I've, I've heard stories of, 
you know, pills that have sold for incredible amounts of money, though, just from certain serial numbers. I have heard about that. Just throwing this out there, um, my buddy actually got a hold of the very first $500 bill ever printed, and he sold it to <clears throat> he sold it to like some Russian multimillionaire for half a million. Yeah, $500 bill. Wow. Very That's first one. Crazy. And the markup on that, like based on what he got it for was, I mean, <laughs> the commission was really nice. So, I mean, sure. you know, that's, that just really stood out and kind of emphasized for me that, that made it stand out even more. Like the first of something yep. means a lot, means a lot over time, right? Things can appreciate in special ways. I definitely agree with that. So, I mean, same thing with the FAs and in, in BV, you know, the first is the first. It's always going to be sought after. So I really believe that. So, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, guys, just a quick message. Every week, I miss if work over 20 hours to bring you the most non-BS VV content. English is my second language, and there were nights we recorded until 1 a.m. My brain stopped processing, and I naturally spoke Vietnamese to him, and it got pretty weird. But that's just how dedicated we are to this podcast. In return, we ask you to enter a gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. for you, but we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, and tweet at us to tell us what you think, because those comments will ultimately help us to refine the content just for you. That's it. That's all you need to do. Let's get back to it. With all these new drops that come out, especially this month with the Star Wars collectibles, <laughs> um, it's quite a bit, right? Um, every week they have three, maybe maybe four drops um, between the collectibles and the comics. How, how do you manage to pace yourself? Is it more based on if you if or when you find something that you like or is it you know or is it something else well it's it's probably something but i uh i typically go for every drop so i mean i, <laughs> I mean i'll typically at least try to mint one you know and if i can like today obviously i couldn't i didn't get one you know it's something so limited but you know, if it's something I really like, you know, I'll try to mint, you know, a bunch, you know, just play the gambling game. But, you know, even if I don't get anything good, I, you know, I, I typically, like I said, I don't really sell. So I'm not going to turn around and floor it for half of what I just paid for it. So, you know, and then what end up happens usually is I go for the drop and get just some random mint. And then I have to turn around in the market and just buy the one I wanted anyway. So it's. But they, they have been doing a lot of drops. Like I said, I'm trying to collect all the secret rares and trying to keep up with those lately. I mean, it's like two, three a week, whatever, sometimes. And, yeah. You know, it, it gets going. <laughs> and that's a, that's a tall order. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so as I, as you, if I understood correctly, you don't um, necessarily sell collectibles or comics. You just hold on to them and, you just load up the gems as as you see fit. Yeah. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, um, you know, that's that's really impressive, you know, but like also that's conviction at its at its finest, yeah. you know, to to be able to have the opportunity to continue to to gather all of these different um these variety of IPs, these different um mediums of, of of collectibles and 
and all, and all that that's that's making it a, a lot more do you find that that makes it more enjoyable to have your collection grow at that rate at this kind of rate or do you find time to be able to enjoy everything like project it in ar or read the comics you know project that in ar too so you actually like turn the pages or how do you find yourself to uh, how do you find yourself enjoying these collectibles and comics i do actually enjoy them and i do read comics you know the ones i get you know certain ones i want to read sometimes i if i mint them i i won't read them just because i i don't know if that's going to mean anything in the future but when I have multiples, I'll, I'll read them. And I really do enjoy the AR. The only problem for me is that, uh, and I don't know if it's just my phone, but the AR is, or showrooms is so bad for me, just getting collectibles in there. I can hardly get anything in there. Well, you have over 7,000 NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good problem to have. <laughs> One of the things they really need is when you're adding collectibles in your showroom is to be able to sort through them and and pick you know because if it's something i bought a year ago i can never even get that far without the phone crashing before you know so then i i try two or three times and i end up just giving it you know giving up on it you know that would make it much more enjoyable that you know if they get that situation taken care of my next question for you is you mentioned that you don't typically sell your nfts is that because of you being emotionally attached to them? Like, oh, I love these collectibles and comics. They bring me back to my childhood or they, I, I love this fandom. I don't want to sell them. Or is it more so of because you can see a higher return on investment um, in a few years? Therefore, you want to hold on to them and then so that you can take more profit later. It, it, it can be either or, or it can be like um, a mix of both. What is that uh, distribution? Well, I do love a lot of them. Obviously, they have some great IPs on this app, so I do love a lot of them. But, you know, some of them, obviously, I have a ton of things. I really don't think I'm going to get a very good return on them regardless. So, I mean, more to me, I'm just... You know, it's more to just keeping my numbers going, you know, it kind of gets to be a little addicting, you know, seeing your total number of items. <laughs> and hopefully, I mean, I think with MCP, you know, you're already seeing that, you know, it's making things a little more competitive. You know, I mean, I stack a lot of commons and uncommons as well. And after everybody started getting the MCP rolled out, I mean, you know, a lot of these were starting to disappear pretty fast on the market, you know, I, you follow uh, some of the charts, you know, there's been a couple of guys that were buying thousand NFTs in a week, you know, to move up the, the charts, you know. I typically don't go in just to go get a thousand in a week. You know, I kind of keep a steady, steady buy number. You know, sometimes I get a little higher, but just kind of depends on what's available or what's out there, you know, with drops. Yeah. So it sounds like VVE is succeeding in a sense that MCPs is getting into your competitiveness right is that right like have yeah. you started collecting more from the well after the phase one of mcp so the reason why i'm asking this question is i only have like 40 collectibles and 40 comics i am not affected by mcp i don't care too much about mcp but for huge whales like you i feel like there is 
a competition going on there and i would love to hear it from your perspective no there absolutely is like i said i mean <laughs> i check the charts every week and like i said there's one of the things i was tr i was trying to do is i would really love to crack the top 10 but it, it's so hard to do because those guys are buying too like crazy and crazy and <laughs> they're really going but one of the things with all the commons and uncommons i stack too is you know i'm hoping in the future they bring up some kind of burn mechanic obviously which has been rumored so you know i mean i have a lot of things that you know if need be i'm going to start burning you know just make things more scarce and you know maybe you'll get something for it or what robert to follow up on your um to answer it sounds like you're really into mcp and it sounds like from your opinion you think that secret rare comics does a trick in terms of point but i've also heard people saying that maybe the rare comics um are also like a, a great device to get point so from from your perspective because you're you are really into um the that aspect of the app how would you recommend a new users or how are you trying to get the most points for the least dollars definitely yeah i mean if you're if you're on a budget trying to get points definitely rare comics you know are the ones you can get them anywhere from six bucks to eight bucks you know and they're what two points a piece so I, I just like the secret rare comic covers, to be honest with you. So I, I like the white backgrounds on those. That's kind of why I go for those. But I mean, I do have a, a pretty big stack of rares and ultra rares. But, <laughs> but secret rares, I, I'm getting up there a little bit. So not a doctor prophet or anything, but I, I got a pretty healthy stack of secret rare comics. Yeah. So you are wearing number 13 on the um, on the ranking at this time. When do you like when you see the weekly um, chart? Do you get a little bit of, of the FOMO? Oh, I am, you know, I'm so close from top ten. I have to buy more, or you are more like, or you feel kind of casual about it. Um, I I kind of get a little pressure to buy, but I, I typically don't get too carried away. Like I said, I've had a few weeks where I've, I've bought a lot, but it really depends on the market. You know, if you get in the market and there's some some decent prices, you know, or even on these commons and uncommons, you know, if they're pretty cheap, you know, I'll, I'll go in there and sweep them up and, you know, add a, you know, some numbers to the stack. So, you yeah. know, DB's a funny thing. I, I swept a comic, a secret rare comic. I won't say which one, because I'm trying to stack a bunch, but <laughs> I swept it up to like, a, it was, it was a fairly reasonable one. And I swept it up to like $124 and like the very next day, it's it's already at seventy five, you know, and on its way back down. So once once those things go up, the people see that, and you know, they start throwing them up for sale. So just waiting for it to get back down to about fifty five, and <laughs> so I could sweep some more up. Wow, that I mean that that sounds like fun. Uh, I I I don't I'm not at that level, but uh, I I got a little taste of what that was like. Um, and then, <laughs> well, yeah, th there was that, and then uh, the band leader Mickey's oh. quite some time ago, probably last summer, and um, uh, that that backfired real hard <laughs> for me, and I just exited exited that position entirely. But um, in either case, so 
it sounds like you spend a fair amount of time on Vivi, you know, seeing where the bargains are. And um, how do you balance your time on Vivi with your reality? You know, like with your time off the app, how do you, how do you manage to to find that sweet spot where you're you're comfortable with both? It's kind of tough sometimes, you know. I mean, even you know when I get busy at work, you know, if I'm at work doing stuff, you know stop, you know, five, five minutes and just take a quick look and see, you know, if there's something I'm looking for, you know, I just got to do a quick check to make sure, because as you know, I mean, your collection's pretty impressive too. So, so I've seen yours and, but you know, you know, if you're looking for something, you gotta, you gotta try to find it, you know, and it yeah. gets tough, but I do probably spend more time on BB than what I should, you know, <laughs> I'm laying in bed I end up staying up a lot later than what I should be just because you know the other half of the world gets up and you know things get listed and that kind of stuff so. <laughs> oh man yeah no I I wake up in the middle of the night well I, I I regularly wake up in the middle of the night two three times to check the markets just to see what's available because there's you're right there's there's always opportunities it could be any second any yeah. second um it stinks when you miss out miss out on an opportunity i'll be i'll be the first to admit this i get furious if i ha like it's it's to no fault of my kids or my wife but if they need me for anything that i feel i feel like that's always the moment when something important pops up in the market and i'm i miss something but no. you know um just kind of trying to keep a a level head um when when um and and understand and i'm you know trying to get an understanding of like you can't win them all you know uh that that's that's where my competitive side comes out the most and <laughs> it you know um how do you so with the master collector program and and finding out the, with the rankings what the rankings are each week is are you you're, you're competitive there um do you feel like you're competitive off the app as well do you feel like your personality you know comes to the forefront um you know because in real life you're like that or or is it uh a different avenue to express that no it, it's probably my personality i mean even growing up <laughs> board games you know we used to play a lot of basketball with friends and I mean, the competitive, I've always just been, I hate to lose. And, you know, I mean, I used to play, like I said, play basketball with friends and coworkers, and we'd almost be out there fighting because everybody's so competitive. <laughs> so it, it definitely comes forward too, you know. Excellent. Robert, um, my next question needs an introduction. So it's going to be a long one. Uh, the question is, one thing that's special about your collection is you have both quantity and quality. So quality here means the specimen, which is not easy to accomplish. For example, you have some Star Wars posters and artworks that have mint 41. You have a, a, a lightsaber, mint 41, mint 100, 200, 300. Your Darth Vader set is really cool. I think the uh, common is mint 300, yeah, uncommon 400. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You have a lightsaber mint 77 which is the uh, FA year for Star Wars. Uh, you have 
one very special Disney poster that I saw Dream from Day to Night, 1923. Uh, that's the myth. And so I have three follow-up questions. What is one specimen that was hardest for you to get? What is one mint that you regret getting? And what is one mint that you would keep if everything else is taken away from you? So let's get started with what was the one mint collectible that was the hardest for you to get? Um, I'm probably going to say that would have been, it's actually my Yoda lightsaber, which is 1980, which is Yoda's FA year. That one I negotiated with a few times and just, you know, they wouldn't come down and, you know, I waited and waited. It sat on the market and finally I just paid the price, you know. But, <laughs> but that's probably a two-parter because that's probably the one mint I would keep out of any of them. That's probably my favorite, favorite mint, even though it's kind of a tough one to decide. But that one, that one's pretty special for me. Yeah. What about one mint that you... Okay, so let's go back to that negotiation. If you were to do it again, so if that Yoda lightsaber were to appear on the market again, you are in communication with that seller. You think you would do anything differently um, to maybe try to get it for less or yeah, just, just anything in general because I'm sure Mr. V also has a lot of you know stories and lessons and mistakes from negotiation with those kind of sellers i don't know if i would do anything different i mean you know maybe my negotiating tactics might have been a little different but you know sometimes on a special piece like that you know i always try to think is you know some of these other guys out there are what are they willing to pay and that's a hard thing to judge you know and you know either do you make the move on it and risk not getting it you know what i mean so I mean, I, I still would probably do it over and, and get it again because that was something I absolutely had to have. And that's part of my personality too. If there's something I absolutely have to have, I mean, chances are I'll do what it takes to get that. So, you know, that's a bad thing too. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I respect that. I mean, it's, it's that opportunity cost, right? Yeah. Are you, who's going to pull and who's going to pull the trigger first? And that's a scary thing especially yeah. the things that you are really emotionally attached to. And, you know, there's only a few of those items, collectibles that you have an opportunity, like an, a one-time opportunity to get, right? Because it's FA or first edition, yeah. first appearance or first edition. Um, so I, I, I completely understand yeah. um, how you felt about that. Did now with that um, lightsaber, um, and the with it being the the first appearance of Yoda as well year did you what what came to mind like what emotions came up as you were thinking about that and reflecting on it and it sounded it sounds like you had a, a good amount of time to think on whether you really wanted to pull the trigger or not yeah. I, I, well, I seen it in the market, you know, obviously, and, you know, it was there for, I don't even remember, a few days, and I checked all the time. I mean, I was always, did somebody buy it? Did somebody <laughs> buy it? You know, and then I tried to make a deal and just didn't happen. And it's like, man, I want that lightsaber. If nothing else, I want that, that Yoda. And, you know, and I thought, God, that's just way too much, you know. And if I ever go to sell it, I'll probably never get what I paid for this thing, you know, but, I had to have it. So I just, you know, a couple of days later, 
was paid the price and snatched it up. Uh, so in, in, in my experience, it's, it's kind of gone both ways, unfortunately, where I may have made a sale, but then, you know, the other person may have been bitter because they didn't want to necessarily pay X amount. And, you know, on the other side, I've paid X amount reluctantly for a collectible or, or a comic maybe. And after that experience, I may have gotten what I wanted, but it left a, a bitter taste in my mouth, right? Where I knew that I, I didn't want to deal with them again. And no matter what they may have thrown at the market, um, on, on the marketplace, I, I just refused to buy anything from them, right? Have you, was it this, was it along those lines for you? Or do you feel that way ever? Um, do you have any experiences like that? I do, and I don't. I don't remember which one it was. It may have been the Yoda, but I don't think it was. But it, it was one of the lightsabers I bought. I paid a huge premium. Might have been the seventy-seven Skywalker, and the guy actually had like the forty-two on the market at the same time. So, you know, I paid his premium on the seventy-seven or the whichever one it was. I I don't remember exactly. And then uh, I hit the guy up. I says, hey, man, I just bought that one from you. I said, let's work, you know, work out a deal on the other one. You got listed. He immediately ups the price a thousand bucks on the market. It's like, you know what? I'm never buying nothing from you ever again. I'll remember your name. And no matter how bad I want, <laughs> you're not getting any of my gems ever again. Yeah, that's it. It's not a, the nerve that some people have to do things like that. I, I had a similar situation just last week. I was trying to finish an Oswald set another sub 100 set and I messaged the guy like, Hey, would you mind dropping it like 50 or hundred gems? And he immediately delisted it and said he wouldn't sell it. And then just yesterday I saw it pop up in the market for 500 or a thousand gems more than yeah. what he initially had it up there for. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's people like that. It's, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. Tough. It sucks when you want that man, but you know, again, I, you know, it's just, one of those things. And like I said, I, I'm not going to name anybody, but I always remember the guy's username <laughs> comes up. That's a no sale, buddy. <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it's also a lot harder when you are competing in such a very sought after IP like Star Wars. I feel like Star Wars fan have money to spend. For example, like if you didn't get that, um, uh, was it 1977? What 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 was the mint number for the Yoda lightsaber you have? 1980. Okay, 1980. Imagine if you didn't get that and a collector like Clever Jerk get that or our previous interview guest who is also a huge Star Wars fan, Mr. 41. Those two guys or like Dr. Prophet, those three guys and many others will probably keep them forever and yeah. will never list them again. Sure. And that might be it for you, you know, in terms of opportunities. So it's it's like it's it's a very tough balance, and, and it's a very tough question. Yeah, and and I always think that, like you know, like Mister V was saying, you have to find that balance. You know, what's this guy willing to pay? And funny story because uh, I chat quite a bit with Clever Jerk, and he he wants that nineteen eighty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did he I give you him. a uh, did he give you a a good offer? 
No, he I, he just asked me if I had a selling price on it, and I told him it wasn't for sale. So I I, I just told him I said if I ever do decide to sell, I said I'll give you the first chance. So, but that day will probably never come. So, <laughs> and actually, a funny story with the lightsabers. Uh, the nineteen seventy seven Skywalker went in auction, and I seen it on Twitter, and I bid on it early on, and and typically. Uh, if there's something I want, I should probably shouldn't tell you these little tricks, but if there's something I want in auction, I might bid on it early, but I will never bid again till the last second because I want that bad. And and uh, I think it was comics and crypto ended up getting it. Clever Jerk came in second and I didn't even take my bid because I was just under Clever on my bid. But I mean, that was one I wanted bad that day. And <laughs> I think that thing sold for almost $4,000. So, I mean, and it's tough wow. sometimes buying, you know, like the Yoda, you know, I'd spent thousands of dollars on that, you know, and you got a floor price of what, $17, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that kind of hurts sometimes when you look at that, but at least I'm happy with it. So, yeah. And then uh, Grubba, Grubba B, another, uh, big time collector he's a huge advocate for dca to to lower the average and you know the guy's right so there's always that opportunity but um for guys like me i'm not able to dca because i i put most of my gems into you know those special mints that that, that i like to collect right and so uh for for anyone who's tuning in uh dca is a powerful tool to help you lower those averages, especially if you like it, right? Yeah. So, like, what's cool is that you you love Star Wars, you love Yoda, and and uh, the lightsabers are awesome. I, I got to see them in AR, uh, projected in AR, and those things are just wild to see in your home or or wherever. But uh, yeah, that's I, I hear you. I hear you with um, those missed opportunities. Yeah. But but what's cool is that, and, and we were talking about this earlier, is that there's always going to be some opportunities that pop up for new FAs and new first editions as well. So, you know, we just got to keep our eyes open and, and stay active, right? There's always going to be something else. I mean, we all know that, you know, so it's just, you know, certain things, if you just love it, that's, you know, that's when it gets tough because, you know, it takes a little more emotional you know out of you trying to go after it and a lot of time and <laughs> do you know. have a um do you have a ceiling or a max cap of how much you're willing to pay for an nft on vv and in addition to that what are some of your like principles or lessons that you have learned from your almost two years on the app i do have a max cap and i told you i'm a secret rare comic collector and then, uh, um, honestly, I have every secret rare comic in the app. I got five to go. So one of them's AF15, and, and I will not spend $13,000 on an AF15 SR in the app at this point. It's just, you know, there's, I mean, I could buy a pretty nice physical comic for that price. It's just not quite to that point where I'm just going to dump 13000 on a secret rare comic in, in app. So how much do you value it what is what is a good price range that will get you to consider buying one and why 
Well, the bad thing is, is I, I should have bought one to drop day. I forget. I think they were at about seven or 8,000, you know, and I mean that I would probably be willing to go that for one, you know, maybe a little more. It just kind of depends, but it hasn't even gotten close to that since drop day and it may never. So, I mean, a lot of people stacking those two. I know a few guys that have quite a few of those. Yeah, you know, obviously you brought up Mister Forty One. He's got an incredible collection as well. And you know, speaking of how we were saying, uh, you always have to judge other people. You know, what they're willing to pay. The last Star Wars job that Yoda or the job of the hut, nineteen seventy seven, was in the market forever, and I was kept. You know, and it was really high, and I wasn't willing to pay that. And I'm like, man, I'm just gonna watch. And then all of a sudden, he's got it. You know. <laughs> It's like, uh, congrats for him. He he seems like a great guy. He's he's in the Mid Hunters group, so I mean, he's got an incredible collection. So, yeah. So, what are some of your biggest mistakes or just takeaways um, from your VV journey? Some of my biggest mistakes. I mean, obviously, I I still do once in a while, but I mean, early on was just FOMOing on drop day. You know, some of the secret rare comics. You know, I was buying. You know, right when they hit the market, you know, I'm just FOMOing. Mm. I gotta get one, and you, you know, I spent twelve hundred bucks, and by the end of the day, it's at seven hundred. You know what I mean? And so I, you know, I've learned, you know, don't, you know, you kind of find that balance of, you know, for secret rare comics. So if you, you know, drop day, don't start buying when there's twelve in the market for sale. You know, I mean, once it hits thirty to forty, then it starts to kind of average out of, you know what it's actually going to be and you know just FOMO can be a bad thing for sure <laughs> yeah it's got me a few times more so in the past but I mean I still get it every now and then so is that is that your your only mistake or do you have other ones that you are willing to share as well um I don't I told you I go for all the drops but I don't get crazy on all the drops but early on and I think a lot of it had to do with when I first joined, you couldn't hit a drop, you know, I mean, mm. 3,000 comic, you couldn't even get one, you know what I mean? It was crazy. And I think it was the Moon Knight drop or yeah, it might've been Moon Knight. I minted so many of those things that, you know, I mean, I was buying and buying and buying and here I am with a huge stack of Moon Knights. <laughs> yeah. How do you justify you know, spending gems on drops versus spending gems building a stack from buying on the market. Because obviously, you saw how high the prices went when you first joined VV. So now you probably can see that, well, there are so many good opportunities on the market, but at the same time, you're spending gems on drops. Do you, how do you, how do you DCA and build your stack? Um, or like distribute your gems on VV? So, like I said, I mean, I like to go for the drops. So, I mean, I typically do. I mean, and like today, for instance, you know, I I went for the drop because it was so scarce, but I, I didn't plan on buying any of the, the posters in the aftermarket. My daughter loves Little Mermaid, but the original one. So, I, you know, it wasn't quite as sentimental for this one. But as I'm, as I'm looking in the market today, I ended up finding you know, few mints that appealed to me that were, you know, fairly reasonable. Well, I'm not going to tell you which mint because I got three out of the four. Right now and I'm, 
I've been adding to guy all day. That's I found the guy who's the fourth one, and he won't. Which that gets frustrating too, you know. I mean, sometimes when you hit people up, it you know, if you don't want to sell, you know, just say no. But when you get no response, it gets frustrating. Yeah. Do you go for the drops? Because a lot of these drops nowadays, you can get them a lot cheaper on the retail from the market. Do you go for the drops because of that adrenaline rush, or because of that, you know, of that um, emotion of opening a blind box and that surprise element, or do you go mostly because you want to have, you want to be the first owner of that particular NFT? Um, I think it's a little bit of all of it. I mean, I like I said, if I meant something, I, I won't turn around and sell it just for half my money. I'll just let it sit in the stack, but. You know, there's a little bit of that gambling rush, too, that you get, you know, trying to hit a, a good mint number, which rarely happens. But, you know, I've I've been lucky. I've hit a couple decent mints. I think the Obi-Wan, I minted the 777, which is a pretty good mint for Obi-Wan. And then the Troll Hunters one, I actually minted the only 41 I've ever gotten. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of exciting. You know, but again, you know, I end up minting something and then I just turn around in the market and start looking for the mints that I want. So, but I typically don't DCA too many of my collectibles. I I don't stack a ton of collectibles. I mean, I have a few where I've, I've got quite a few, but I mean, I, I definitely stack more comics than I do collectibles. You know, I like to go for sets too. So I'm, I'm interested to, to see what you think about this. So uh, Will and I had this discussed a few weeks ago about the different kinds of ways that VV could, you know, uh, set up the drops. So we know that Palm for, for DC comics uses what's, what's it called? Will the, um, the, where everyone gets in a line, the queue, like the waiter system. system. Yeah. yeah. The queue system. That's right. Do you have any, um, exposure to other projects where you have to you, you have different experiences with acquiring collectibles or is vv the only uh, digital collectible platform that you use actually i don't go into any other nft projects i vv was my first you know nft project that i was ever in and and more so, I like VV just because I like the IPs. I mean, Star Wars, and obviously, I'm a big Disney fan, you know, like you are. So, I mean, that that's a huge draw for me. With all right, so you so you have not um, just no. tinkered with anything else, okay? Um, with the Q system, are are you familiar with it? I'm not. You're not, okay? Um, Will, maybe you could explain it a little bit better than I can, but um, um, if you if you wouldn't mind just explaining to Robert like how how it works. Yeah, so I, my experience was with uh, NBA Top Shot. So maybe an hour, so I can't remember exactly the timing of, of everything, but maybe an hour before a drop, you would join the queue. So for me, what I did was I would open up a tab of NBA Top Shot, I would join the queue, and then there would be like a few thousand people in front of me, or if I'm unlucky, like 30,000 people in front of me, and then... Um, Huh, maybe the queue of NBA Top Shot. Maybe it wasn't random. But I guess you, you're trying to referring to, Mr. V, you're trying to referring to like the random selection queue. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, just to, to piggyback off what Will was saying, you get randomly assigned a spot in a line, and you could, you know, it's it's luck of the draw, right? And when it sells out, that's it. But there's no telling with each with each drop where you're going to land in the line, and there could be a number of things that happen. Like maybe your your the website glitches for you maybe your computer freezes anything could go anything could happen or maybe maybe you might enter your address incorrectly when you're typing in your credit card info uh, that's happened to me <laughs> um i tried i did try with um the dc comics um platform for palm i did try that a few times and i'm not a fan of the queue system and as i understand it VV is transitioning to that, um, that kind of system. So uh, I think I think what we're experiencing now, we we really need to, you know, enjoy it while we still can. I think because that that magic of of the the drop days and and being able to hit that buy now button, I, who knows how much longer we have before before it goes away. So basically on that, I'm not familiar with it, but so when you're in the queue, you're not guaranteed a purchase regardless then. So Correct. if you get in first, you still might end up being last on the queue or something? Is that it is It is totally random. Like 10,000 people might be in a queue for a collectible with 500 mint. Doesn't matter if you join an hour before or two minutes before when the time hit, which is, let's just say like 11 a.m. Eastern time, they will randomly select 500 people and they will have like half an hour or something to purchase that NFT. Um, and then if some of them, you know, forget about, you know, VV or like if some of them like just have some problems and not cannot make that purchase, then some of those collectibles will go back to the queue. Then they would do another random draw again. But it's basically the way I and Mr. V think about it is we really enjoy what we have today because of the adrenaline. Like we love, even though we miss most of the drops we go for, um, we still love that, you know, that thrill of emotion. Like you go for it, sometimes you get it, but sometimes you don't. But like 10, 15 minutes before the drop and 10, 15 minutes after the drop, when we're trying to go for rebounds, that's like, pure joy for us yeah. um so, so i guess I, I guess his question was like would you rather have this existing system that we have today or would you rather go with that random kill or weightless system it sounds like i would rather go with what we got today to be honest with you i mean i that that doesn't sound like something <laughs> i would enjoy as much so i mean if you you know in the queue system so if you if you get chosen, do you have to still hit a buy now or anything? Or are you just guaranteed to get? You have you, you have to come in and hit the buy now. You have like a few minutes or like half an hour to do it. If you don't, like if you get if you forget that, like if you, you know, if you get chosen and you go, you know, make make a coffee or you go to restroom or, or something and forget about it, then it will get taken away from you, and that will get um. It, it will be granted to somebody else. 
Yeah, I don't think I would like that better just because the way Vivi's set up, I mean, it's instant. You know, either you get it or you don't. I mean, you know, yeah. I think you prefer that much better. Yeah. Do you do you have a pre-drop routine? No, not at all, actually. <laughs> we do. I had to, I had to, I had to ask. I had to ask um, just because, uh, unfortunately, I'm usually at work and I'm around a lot of people. So I kind of had to come up with some, I have to preoccupy everybody else around me and, and distract them in other ways so that, <laughs> so that I can, I, I can have a shot at these drops usually. Um, Does it work? <laughs> it, it helps. It helps. And like, I, I feel better about it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I was just curious if you had some kind of routine, like maybe I know, I know some super serious people who, will grab or prepare a cup of coffee, they'll set up a desk and they'll have a uh, pull up multiple devices and and make sure that nobody else can bother them for an hour or so. So <laughs> you never know. You never know. So I thought I thought I'd at least ask. I don't the only thing I've ever done and I haven't done it lately is uh when I first joined, I was watching Vivi Vault's videos because he was giving you all the tips on how to, you know, the, I never knew about uh, buying comics, you know, about Xing out and being able to buy multiple ones. I never knew that until I watched, you know, his videos. And then he started doing the secret rare gate where you back out of the store with under five seconds and then back in and hit buy now. And I tried that a few times and I hit some SRs on, you know, doing that and I mean, I probably should try that again in the future, but in the last so many drops, I really haven't done that. So, and obviously anything big, I'm not going to back out. So. <laughs> I forget which drop it was. I backed out. It was a collectible drop and then it lagged out and I never got in for the drop. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> nightmare situations. Yeah. I remember the, the Walt drop. I missed it and I tried to go for rebounds and I, I, I would go like in and out the entire time while I was every time I hit a traffic light. And um yeah, I I don't necessarily have luck because my my in my experience, yeah, my my device tends to lag out, especially with those like super popular drops. So if if it's a big drop, I'll I'll get it on that screen and I'm not touching it yet. <laughs> I wanna yeah. at least have a chance to get at it. So Yeah, that's yeah. a smart thing to do. Yeah, Robert, do you have any Omi, or do you have any thoughts about a token? Um, I don't actually. Um, I'm not a huge crypto guy. I invested. I got into crypto probably I don't know five six months before I actually joined Vivi, and I mean I've taken such a bath on all my crypto that it's really turned me off to to anything. So I've recently uh just transferred everything I had and over to Bitcoin too as well. And that's probably the only, the only crypto I'll buy from here on out. So, I mean, it, it probably has a future. I think, you know, Vivi's got to come a long way before the OMI starts being, you know, part of it. I know they've been talking about it and I really don't follow the pricing on it or anything. So, but I, I haven't got into that just because I was so turned off by the whole crypto you know, after losing a ton of money, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not for me. So, yeah. Is there anything who I know, like the, the reason why you got turned off by crypto is more of like a macro uh, economic uh, 
uh, reason. But is there anything that the Ecomi team can do to incentivize you to consider it? And uh, I would love to get your perspective because you are looking at it from the angle of somebody who is not interested in a token. I wanted to know what will get you interested in OMI. Well, I know I've heard rumors, you know, that you could use OMI to stake land in the VVverse and type of things like that. And I'm, I don't really familiar with all that, so I'm not sure if that's even a thing. But maybe something like that where, you know, there's some kind of benefit, you know, for, for having it. You know, or maybe, you know, when you change OMI to gems or something, if you get maybe a better rate or something like that, something to that, or maybe some some extra MCP points or, you know, I mean, right, right. It, it would have to be some kind of incentive for sure. Yeah. I think that your answer will be extremely helpful for the team simply because different people will think about OMI in different ways. Um, so it's good for them to know what will be some of the top reasons for, for somebody like you who is not super interested in OMI to actually think about OMI. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to get started on VV again and you only have $2,000 or 2,000 gems, how would you build your portfolio to get the maximum return on investment in the next few years? Maybe like just keep it maybe a five year timeline. How would you, what would you buy um, so that you get the maximum ROI? I would probably go for, you know, some of the most popular IPs in the world, obviously Disney, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, and I would go after scarce items as well. You know, scarcity and popularity are always going to be, you know, a, a thing. Look at Miles Morales, SR, and, you know, look at what Luke Skywalker is doing right now. You know, everybody complained about how bad he looks, but look how, you know, look how much he's selling for right now, so. You mentioned that you wanted to focus on the big FAs, the, the popular characters. May, are there two or three that come in mind that you want to mention? Well, with $2,000, <laughs> that's going to get you what, one Luke at this point. So, you know, I mean, right now, if, if I was going, not so much collectibles, mm -hmm. if, you know, something that's underrated to me personally, I think like... Uh, Fantastic four or five SR right now is pretty darn cheap. I mean, it's last I seen it was right around $500, which, you know, to me, that's a grail comic and one of the better ones, Dr. Doom. So, you know, that one and uh, New Mutants 98 SR has been really cheap lately. I've seen it, I think, as low as like $399. You know, I, I would probably go after some of those SR comics like that. Right. If me. Okay, so that leaves you with a thousand gems. You have to buy something with with a thousand gems. What would it be? Or maybe gems. two or two? Yeah, maybe one or two things. Well, I mean, with a thousand, you get close. You might be able to get like a, a Vader UR and and a Todd. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of Todd mans, but I mean, he is the first, you know, VV NFT. So that's always going to hold some weight, I believe. So. Yeah. When I go shopping with a 2000 budget, Todd is always my uh, my first option. Um, and the next one will, be, will totally be uh, Darth Vader too. Um, so you are a huge collector on the app. You have 
over 7,000 NFTs now, obviously you will probably have a vision of where Vivi would be in maybe the end of 2023, 2024, and 2025. How do you envision VV in the short-term and long-term future? Simply because this is not going to be it, right? Like it's, it's not going to be just 7,000 collectibles sitting in your wallet. There has to be a bigger plan. How do you see VV's future? Um, I, I think they got a really good future. I mean, personally, I personally believe, and I don't know if it'll be 2025, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in the future that I believe they are going to be a household name and hopefully I'm right, but, you know, I, I really do. And, and, you know, with the VV verse and, and that kind of thing, I think, you know, seeing all your collectibles, you know, I've seen, you know, just people making some great movies and little shorts on, on Twitter, obviously you have too. I mean, some of the stuff you could do with these collectibles is just incredible. You know, I think with the VV verse, you know, you know, once they get the technology where it's not crashing every five minutes, you know, where you could just put all your stuff in a vault and create all kinds of, you know, pictures, videos or whatnot. You know, I think that's going to really appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. So over the past few months, well, the past month have been really good simply because VV was successfully with the crafting and, and MCP points, but the months before that, maybe early this year, we experienced a lot of negativity within the community because they missed so many deadlines and there was a lot of firts out of nowhere. How do you stay committed and motivated to continue collecting in the app despite, despite all of these dark cloud that is going on on social media and especially Twitter? You know, missed deadlines to me aren't a big deal. You know, I mean, that's just going to happen. I mean, they're they're a fairly new company. I mean, if it, you know, if it's two years from now and they're still missing deadline after deadline, then maybe there's a problem. But, you know, it's so early on that that's not a concern. And as far as all the people that FUD, you know, I mean, Vivi's not perfect. Do I have issues you know a little bit you know but i don't it's nothing that bothers me obviously if it did i i wouldn't be here you know but you know a lot of the negativity too comes from a lot of the same people you know you gotta understand that there's okay. you, know, you know you check twitter and there's the same guys over and over that are just constantly no matter what you post something it's a negative comment negative comment you know and there's always going to be people that you know invested so much money and they're losing money right now which you know, they're just going to fund Vivi and blame Vivi for, you know, their own mistakes. You know what I mean? So, you know, you just have to ride that out or, or get out, you know. Did any of it get to you maybe just a little bit or you were like, I understand the foundation of Vivi. I'm here for a specific reason. I love collecting. I don't care about anything else. Was there a moment where, where you even question it a little bit? I'm not really questioning anything. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I really, you know, been that bothered with anything that's happened. The, the crafting issue, you know, that was disappointing. You know, I, I got up early, like everybody else that day was all excited to be part of it and it didn't happen. You know, it was disappointing, you know, and then the next day, you know, there were some more issues, you know, it was disappointing. Obviously you spend your time and, you know, it doesn't work out, but you know, in the end it worked out. So.
you know, like I said, they're going to have snags regardless. But I don't think there's anything that they've done that's going to, you know, turn me away so far at this point. So, I mean, I believe yeah. in the vision of this company and I think where they're headed is is nothing but great. So, yeah, I mean, especially with, you know, Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, you know, I have kids they are a little older now, but my kids were huge Disney. I mean, I've seen every Disney, you know, <laughs> it's just. You know, that holds a lot of sentimental, you know, meaning to me. So and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. Mr. B, obviously, I know you're a big Disney guy. So, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than Disney. Yeah. I'm I'm going through the, what is it? What's the expression? Going through the ropes um, with the, I'm cycling through all the movies. As my kid, as my, my older kid gets older, I'm starting to watch more and more. <laughs> I, I forgot what it's like to pick my own TV shows anymore. <laughs> no, I still watch them, you know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm up there now and I still, you know, enjoy watching them, you know. Like Aladdin, you know, that's one of my favorite Disney movies of all time, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Speaking of which, you've got an amazing set with the, the Jafar. No. Uh, the 92 and the 1992. And you got that 1992 off of Obi Shinobi. Yep. Obi Wan Shinobi. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's in the VV Army. So yeah. um, he was um, really good about it. He he paid quite a bit, and he didn't want to sell it, you know. So I mean, he, he, he <laughs> price at least. So you know, he, he took a little bit of a loss, but nothing crazy. So, but it was one I had to have. So I'm. Still need that 1992 Jasmine, but I don't know who has it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very cool to be able to because the, there's the um, the Disney emoji collectibles, then there's the the paper art collectibles, and then there's the Golden Moment uh, lamp. Yeah, right. So it's. It's really cool, and and I I really appreciate how you were able to match across those three different styles of, of collectibles, uh, to, to you know to match those mints. And I, I'm a fan. You, yeah. you you and like anyone who's who knows me knows that I'm a big time fan of of that kind of create level of creativity of of piecing together a story with your collectibles yeah it's very like it's very clear um, i would much but, rather have a set like that than the actual set you know matching emojis or something i mm -hmm. mean i'm way more happy having you know three different collectibles from different sets you know the same movie that that are matching so yeah that's that's part of the fun right yep absolutely yeah very cool when i um so like Mr. V is all about like the specimens and this and that stuff, which I really respect. But one funny story, like when I first saw your collection, the men that stood out the most to me was the five, two, eight, zero, man, that was, that was so cool. Can you, can, can you explain the whole story? So let me give you, let me give the listeners a, a little, little bit of a context. I was scro scrolling through Robert's or Husk show, um, collection and I saw so many collectibles like a Todd Mint 5280 then Darth Vader then so many others and I was like there has to be some meanings behind this number this 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 is definitely not a year number 
it's not a birthday number. What is it? So can you tell us a little bit about that story and also maybe your username too, if if you don't mind. My username is just something my kids made up years ago about our dog. We've been just calling him part husky, so they call him the Hush Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just kind of threw that up there just as a tribute to the kids. So, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. So, yeah. And then the 5280 is actually a Colorado thing. So, so Denver, Colorado is 5,280 feet above sea level, which is 5,280 feet is a mile. So, a mile high city, obviously. So, it's, it's more just of a Colorado thing. And, you know, it's kind of special around here, you know. A lot of the restaurants are 5280 or 5280 magazine. So, you know, it's 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 a big number in Colorado, probably not anywhere else. And and those, you know, it wasn't a mint I was sought after, but you know, like the the Todd, I didn't have a Todd. And one day I'm searching the market and 5280 is at the floor. And I'm like, oh man, I got hey. <laughs> yeah. the Vader one, the Vader one popped up and I already had some Vaders, so I, I thought, yeah, I'd not going to pay 700 bucks for that just for the 5280. So I passed on it the next morning. I'm like, I'm going to buy it. And it was gone, <laughs> Oh man. And probably about a month later, uh, the floor was about 200 bucks less than it popped up that floor. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, that that's my signal right there. <laughs> so, yeah. It's an omen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of a special mint to me, you know, Outside of Colorado, I'm not sure if anybody else would would dig it, but yeah. Well, that that's really cool because it makes it per that much more personal, uh, right. personal, right? Right. And and that's what this whole experience is supposed to be about making it making it your own in some way, and the mint numbers make that possible. I do have quite a few collectibles. I just one of the things too is the profile. They need to make it so you can put more stuff on your profile. <laughs> Because every time you get something new, I have to take something off. And it's like, man, what do I want to take off, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just say that you you can hop on a call with Dan and David. What would be some suggestions or advice or concern, tips and tricks, just anything, topics that you would want them to hear or you want to tell them? to improve your own experience, the app, the company, just anything in general? I think for me, I mean, personally, the biggest thing is just the functionality of the app. You know, like I said before, you know, I get on the feed and I'm not sure, hopefully I'm saying his name right, but you see like Nigan Tran, you know, Clayton's photos of all his zillion collectibles in his showroom. It's like, man, I wish I could do something like that. And I just can't do it because, you know, that just crashes on me, you know, which takes a lot of fun out of that, you know, for, for a new user, you know, if you end up getting a few collectibles and that just keeps happening to you, you know, you're just going to be discouraged, you know? I mean, for me, you know, I spend all this money and I can't even make a full showroom out of all my stuff, you know, just to kind of, you know, for the fun of it, you know, so just the functionality things and, you know, being able to, DM another user, you know, things like that. Or when you're selling something, you make a deal. It'd be nice to, to be able to just set it up as only a certain person can buy that when you list it on the market, you know, type of thing. I just think if they, they spend a little more time getting the app 
more ready, you know, that, that would be more beneficial to me than, you know, right now than worrying about the VV verse or, you know, even MCP or anything at this point, that would be my number one concern right now. Yeah. I, I think that's a valid concern because, you know, for folks to be on Twitter or Facebook talking about VV, they are so distracted by the other, you know, topics or groups or their family members, Facebook posts. But for folks who talk on, on the VV social feed, that's all VV, right? And that is so much um, organic interaction that they're missing out because uh, um, a big metric for the success of a mobile app or any app at all is how much time people spend in it. And by not improving that user experience. Well, I mean, like, like they did a little bit by that search functionality. But again, to your point of texting people, which is which can be a big struggle for people like you who are looking for a specific mint. You okay. tag somebody and sometimes like that person wouldn't even know because he or she might not have the notification turn on or go, like go find a post that he or she was tagged can be pretty tricky too because in the past I've had a few people tag me to come in and film their showroom but then I would not be able to look at some of those posts for whatever reason yeah. so it's been pretty tricky um, yeah and then like having that functionality will increase that organic content quite a bit too um, yeah so I think to your point um, what they're so I really resonate with the, your point when you said that you have thousands of collectibles, but you cannot use them. Um, I resonate a lot with it too, because like when I try to film showrooms, they would crash, right? Yeah. And I, but so I feel like what they're trying to do is they're trying to ignore, ignore that aspect, that problem for now and try to lift, uh, lift frog it to the Vivos where everything is standardized, where everything is, where, where all the NFTs are treated equally and programmed in the same way that would make it possible for you to load a thousand collectibles in your own Vivo's home. So I feel like they are intentionally ignoring that problem so they can have this one size fit all solution um, in their Vivo's. No, I definitely agree. And like I said, to me, that would just be one of the main things I would like to see them is just be a little more dedicated to the functionality of the app. You know, how many people like you said that go to Twitter, Telegram that have to try to connect with people, you know, when you're on the app all day, you know, you could just DM somebody and at least they at least seen it. They might not respond, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you mentioned that you saw Clayton's post. There are so many creative people who spend hours and hours and hours uh, of their time putting together all of these showrooms, which looks amazing. Yeah. And I wish Vivi had done something to promote that, you know, because that's really good organic content that is that shows so much dedication from the community that they're not doing much with. Because I bet you one way to get many people to join is to have that organic content because for folks who, you know, who 
who um, like hear the, the word NFT for the first time, they may not resonate so much with it. But if they see a post of like Spider-Man or Darth Vader or, or Luke Skywalker, that's, that's, an, that's an instant like for them to come in and check out Vivi. And, um, and they're not doing so much with it. Um, yeah. So my last question today is, what is your future plan with the app? Um, it sounds like we are trending in a very positive direction. I bet that you're pretty happy that the crafting functionality is working well. You are competing uh, in MCP. Um, you are getting drops. What is what is your future plan with Vivi? Um, it's still kind of the same. I mean, I'm just collecting, you know. And, you know, like I said, they keep putting stuff out that I like. So, I mean, as long as they do that, people are still going to keep buying and going for it, you know. If, if the demand's there, you know, and I MCP and all that, I mean, that's going to be great, you know, when it fully gets implemented. I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what kind of benefits there are going to be to that. But, you know, as far as everything else, just, you know, just collecting everything that you like. Yeah. Um, You're going to be big one day. I truly believe that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, well, this is more of like the last, last question. Do you think that your kids will adopt Vivi or if it's or Vivi just something that, you know, like my generation, your generation invest in when you show your kids your Vivi NFTs, how do they react to them? Well, my kids, they, they're not really into NFTs. So, and my family thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> They don't, they don't understand. I keep, you know, I'm one of those where I'm like, well, no, look at this, look at this. And they just really don't have the interest right now. And, you know, but I think, like I said, the time will come when, you know, it's mainstream and, you know, NFTs get a lot of bad exposure, you know, not just VV because, you know, every time you turn around, there's a scam with an NFT or something. And, you know, you start telling people NFT and they're like, oh no, that's just a big scam, you know? And, it's like, well, no, look at it. I mean, this is Disney. This is Star Wars. And, you know, a lot of people have a hard time getting over that at this point. So, yeah, like I, said, I, I think once they get everything rolling, rolling smooth and, you know, like I said, it, it may not be 2025, but, you know, my, my kids will thank me in 15 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I'm super excited about is the the new Apple headset that's coming out. I think in June. I think I know Doctor Prophet have mentioned this multiple times, and I absolutely agree with him because if you think about it, well, my thesis is this headset coming from Apple, who does a fantastic job onboarding people to so many devices like the Apple Watch, the iPhone. Um, the ID, the AirPods, those kind of things, will onboard the mass um, to this device. And by doing that, they will create a gateway for people to try out these little collectibles. Because I feel like for now, like if you want to tell your friends about your Darth Vader, right? Your UR Darth Vader, Mint 500 or 600 or whatever, you what you would do is like, hey, look at my phone, look at this, 3D model in my phone. And they'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, and that would be it, right? But then imagine them putting a headset on 
and see Darth Vader with the animation right in front of them being immersed in that whole AR experience and with the sound, with the visual of seeing the animation next to them, like right in front of them. I think that will that will revolutionize how people think about digital collectibles. Because for now, it's, it's honestly pretty lame. Like if you want to tell your family, hey, look at my, you know, Disney NFTs, you're pointing them to a phone, a folder on a phone, which is nothing new to them, which is kind of like funny in a way to many people because like, hey, that why are you spending $1,000 on a on this 3D model, right? But then if they were to see, if, if they were to put on a headset and actually see and immerse in that whole experience, I think that would change a lot of people's mind. And I think that would really push adoption. I agree with that completely. And, and I'm hopeful that hopefully like VV and Apple will kind of get together and, you know, get going on that. So, I mean, I think that that would be a game changer for sure. You know, like Dr. Profit always showing you the, the technology on that. It's, it, it's crazy and it, it's here and, you know, that's coming, but just imagine putting on the glasses and being able to start up your lightsaber and, you know, things like that. I mean, that, that could be a big game changer. You know, yeah. that's what I think, you know, like I said, it's probably not 2025, I don't think, but, you know, I think down the line, that's when mass adoption comes and, you know, and hopefully someday it's even like a ready player one, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, that's what uh, I try to tell people. That's what I'm, you know, I'm hoping for out of all this is imagine a ready player one, you know, VV verse where you could go in, you could be your Darth Vader, you know, you could be your Jafar or something, you know, take your lightsaber, you know, and combine all these things. And, you know, that would be incredible. Yeah. And I imagine like you, if you want to see Clever Jerks, Star Wars collection or Mr. 41's collection or Mr. V's collection, all you have to do is put, uh, put on the headset, travel to their Viva's homes, yep. and you can discuss it wherever you are. You, you, you can be in Colorado. Mr. V can be on the East Coast or West Coast or wherever. You guys can hang out and talk about the same thing and actually see these collectibles and just start having that immersive experience. That I think that's going to be a huge game changer. Um, so, Robert... Thank you so much for your time, your stories, and your insight um, today because we really enjoyed talking to you. I think you are, during the break, I mentioned to Mr. V, and he completely agree, agree with me, you are the definition of collector at heart <laughs> because you, you really enjoy collecting. You really enjoy having those moments of going for the drops, of buying your secret rare comics just because you like the white background of you know negotiating and going for your star wars nfts i mean like this is you are the ideal customer that i bet david and dan and alfred wish for when they first created the app um and it, it's it's been such a such a joy to um to talk to you to learn from you and uh we really hope that you would uh, come on again and you know join us again maybe next year or something like that so that we can 
discuss again and see how your collection uh, have changed. And then hopefully by that time, you'll be in the top 10 <laughs> uh, wallets. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And I enjoyed being on. And uh, I love your guys' content as well. So I'm a fan of you guys. And obviously, Mr. V, I see you in the group too. So I'm a big fan of your collection as well. So Mr. V is a collector at heart too. And, you know, we're, we all just love it. And I get joy out of it. So, I mean, it. If you enjoy it, you know, can't go wrong. I guess I'll keep doing it until I don't enjoy it anymore, which I don't know if that day will ever come. <laughs> but I yeah. appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. Hopefully I'll be at 10,000 or so by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long road to go. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much, Robert. And I uh, hope you have a good night. Thanks, you guys, too. Both you guys have a good night and have a good uh, Memorial Weekend, too. Yeah. Thank you. Look forward right. to doing this again sometime in the future. That is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the episode today. And if you have, remember that gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. just for you. But in return, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on the actionable and valuable insights, everything VV and Omen related. Don't forget to give us a rating and tweet at us to let us know what you think about the podcast so that we can refine the content better just for you. Thank you so much. We hope to see you again next time. Peace.